You're listening to the One Small Bite podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I've built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hola, welcome to the One Small Bite Podcast. I'm your host, David Roscoe, registered dietitian nutritionist, certified intuitive eating counselor. And today, I want to talk to you about the important dance between our circadian rhythms and our eating rhythms. Hey, before I get started, a quick disclaimer. This episode and podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. This is not intended as a substitute for a medical, psychological, nutritional, or health consult. Please consult with a registered dietitian or a health professional that is hopefully Haze, intuitive eating, and weight-inclusive aligned, and more importantly, licensed in your state. Also, we don't bleep out curse words, so if you're listening with kiddos, just be advised that you might want to listen to this at a later time. So a few episodes ago, I mentioned about the connection between the circadian rhythm and our eating rhythm, and uh, not sure if you caught that episode, but if you get a chance, go ahead and take a listen. It's episode 165 but not necessary for this episode. Right now, in today's episode, I'm going to elaborate a bit more on the importance between these two, how they are interconnected, and how you can enhance both to build a nourished life. So a few nights ago, I woke up somewhere around 3.45 in the middle of the night. I can't remember exactly what woke me up. I just thought, all right, I got to get right back to sleep. But to my surprise, it wasn't that easy. I found myself tossing and turning, ruminating a million and one thoughts. Yep, this is exactly what my business coach was talking to me about. My rumination of the past and my constant thinking of the future, it wasn't me being in the present. However, this sadly occurs in the middle of the night, like many of you, and uh, it used to happen quite often. So in the abyss of that rumination, I caught an interesting thought which was, I wonder what I did or ate the, the day before that affected my sleep. So I did this mental recall of what I had. All right, it started with breakfast. Let's see. For breakfast, I had two slices of toast, spread a little bit of avocado, had some tomato slices, topped that with a scrambled egg and veggie mix that I made. I had that with some berries on the side and a hot cup of tea. And then I had the thought, well, that was delish, but uh, no, I don't think that was the problem. Okay, so then what did I have for lunch? At this point, I was sitting up in my bed because I was thinking really hard, burning through a few brain cells, and I started thinking, wait, I don't think I had lunch. And then I realized, oh yeah, that's right. I was out and about, I was running some errands, and then I came right back to my very next consult, and then I just worked right until 6 p.m. So I didn't have time to eat. So if you can imagine, this is where things start to get a little bit unhinged. Somehow my mind wandered, though, into my childhood. I started remembering times I used to get upset, 
when I was a little kid, I remember my mom would say, Davidito, go get something to eat. Or she would say, you know what? Go for a 10-minute walk and you'll come back a new person. Of course, like most moms in their infinite wisdom, she knew me like the back of her hand. She knew that when I didn't eat, it wasn't a pretty sight. I'd get hangry and easily irritated. I'd even scream, yell, insult people out of nowhere. The funny thing was that I hadn't a clue I was doing it. It was like an outer body experience. It was out of my sight of consciousness. It was automatic. To this day, it's one of my worst habits. Yeah, sadly, it still happens. So, I explained this in my last episode. These old habits come in and blind us to what we call our comfort zone. That misery zone. Okay, what is that comfort zone? Just to digress a little bit, that comfort zone is a place that you actually don't see but is so darn familiar. So at this point in the middle of the night, I was feeling upset and disappointed. I knew that my rumination had more to do with just skipping lunch. Interesting. So why was I getting so upset in the middle of the night? What was going on? Why couldn't I just calm down and fall asleep and, you know, do what sleeping does, help me recover? To tie it back to that little child in me, I started to realize that after skipping lunch, I wasn't 100% for my clients. I remembered then how I pushed one client a little too far. I didn't really notice the ambivalence created by my pushing. This in turn created negative emotions between us both, and the session just ended poorly. But again, I had to jump right back into my next consult, and then I had to work right until 6 p.m. I, I just didn't give myself time to be present. So I skipped lunch, and I was hangry, and I didn't see it. Again, I was in my misery zone, or that comfort zone. That comfort zone is something you actually don't realize that you're in sometimes. This was a trigger. I should have caught it. I was blinded by the habit of mind to lash out, get easily irritated, and I created this negative environment with my clients. This habit was so familiar that it kept me in that zone. As I started realizing in the middle of the night, things were a little clearer. I didn't have any distractions. It was quiet and dark. The hunger I developed from skipping lunch had a domino effect with my emotions. Interestingly, I often tell people that maintaining an adequate eating rhythm will provide the body and the brain with the energy to function optimally. This means we avoid a, the starved brain phenomenon and by doing so have the energy that's coming from food to be aware and present to our old habits, that zone. How ironic, though, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> I, too, fell into the same trap of the starved brain that I tell so many of my clients. Well, allow me to digress to tell you a little bit about what the starved brain phenomenon is. Think about it this way. A starved brain latches on to familiar habits because, well, they are easily accessed. Therefore, the brain is trying to conserve energy by doing this because it doesn't know when the next meal is going to come. So, again, it latches on to very familiar habits because they're easy to get to. They don't require energy to try to create new things to do. So, 
This is part of the reason why we get stuck in that misery zone. This is a primal human function and instinct. It's there to protect us. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors needed this in order to focus, otherwise eat or be eaten. Nowadays, it's not about being eaten per se, <laughs> but being overwhelmed with our daily activities, responsibilities, or a very high expectations for ourselves. This ends up deteriorating us over time. We just can't keep up with the chronic stress and strain we put on ourselves. I mentioned this in my last episode. Maybe it's this idea of thinness or muscularity, an image that is portrayed by a society of what conventional beauty or bronze is. We therefore engage in diets or food rules, intense fitness programs, yet we have a life to live as well. At the same time, we might want to have a family, raise kids, excel at our jobs or careers. And as we get older, we don't realize that we don't have the capacity, the time, or those young bones and bodies to do it all. Again, we get blinded by the misery zone, which is tied to what others think we should, there's that word again, should, be like. It's an incredibly difficult goal to reach one that is intricately connected with failure. We try diet after diet, fitness programs, train for marathons, or various combinations of these approaches, all while trying to lead this perfect idea of a life. Unfortunately, that's not living a nourished life. Actually, this is sometimes easier to spot when the shoe's on the other foot. Hmm, I wonder if that's what makes a good counselor or dietitian. <laughs> It's a thought. <laughs> okay, let me get back to that starved brain phenomenon that I was telling you about. As you may know, the human brain runs on mostly glucose as a source of energy. When the body is not getting a regular supply of glucose from food, it will take it from glycogen stores in your liver or your muscles. And when that runs out, it'll take it from lean tissue or organs such as your digestive tract, which by the way, stay tuned because in a couple of episodes, I'm going to talk about how the eating rhythm is tied to the digestive tract as well. Lots of good stuff coming up. The funny thing is that the human brain, interestingly, weighs less than two pounds, yet it uses up 25% of your body's total energy. Okay, mic drop. Boom. <laughs> in other words, it's an energy hog compared to all the other organs and systems in your body. But of course, this is a survival mechanism. The brain's need for energy is vital because it is so intricately involved in the managing and processing of all of the body's daily functions. Not to mention our wit, our memory, our emotions, our sanity. Therefore, our bodies are so well designed to, to protect us that even if we don't eat, our bodies can shift systems to make sure our processing center stays intact. However, don't be fooled. The body doesn't enjoy this very long. I remember not so long ago, I got a response to a message I put on Instagram. And the person said, I, it was something in regards to the body needing glucose and how glucose is an important source of energy. And the person responded, but our bodies have something called gluconeogenesis. It can actually produce glucose. 
Yes, it actually can make glucose out of certain substances, but it's got to steal it from somewhere. It's got to take it from somewhere. And so eventually the body doesn't like this. It doesn't like using this as a supply of energy. It needs it from food. That's why maintaining an adequate supply of energy from food is critical. Diets, weight loss programs, restrictions, avoidances will disrupt this intricate system for a prolonged period of time. And the body therefore senses a state of chronic or semi-starvation. It was exactly what my business coach was talking about. This was my hunger voice, the food police voice that was really telling me I needed to eat. Oh, and by the way, dinner that night didn't turn out much better. So I remembered I had to take my daughter to Taekwondo. And then she got out of class at around 8.15. We got home. And then it was pretty much a late dinner. Remember, I didn't have lunch, so I didn't eat anything since that breakfast. Needless to say, I was quite pissy that night. I was rude to both my daughter and my wife. And I knew something was bugging me, but I couldn't put a finger on it. Again, this happened all the time with me. And I I just didn't know why I was pissy until someone would actually make me aware of it. And the problem sometimes, too, was that I would double down on this pissiness. What was worse was that I didn't even realize that I was doing this. Again, I was in my misery zone or my comfort zone. This was so familiar. These reactions happen so fast, you don't even know that they're happening. It was all a domino effect. I skipped lunch. I didn't have any snacks. I didn't have any dinner until really late. This all led to a break in my eating rhythm. My mind was a bit of a mess, which allowed the old misery demons to flood my brain. I was blinded by the starved brain phenomenon. And so this then trickled into the evening. It really did mess up my circadian rhythm because something woke me up. I was probably hungry. And therefore, now I'm ruminating about things in the past or things in the future, what I can do better, how I should be better, so on and so forth, shitting on myself. An adequate rhythm of eating is the catalyst. That rhythm is what my body needs to keep my metabolism optimal. That rhythm helps me keep my mind sharp. The regular nourishment that helps my body run efficiently and keep my energy levels where they need to be throughout the day. Therefore, I think what woke me up was essentially that hunger and probably the fact that I was irritated. And so I had the hangries. (laughs) That led to the rumination at night. It affected my circadian rhythm. This is the dance between eating and sleeping. Now, don't get me wrong. The one-off times that we skip a meal isn't alone going to lead to a mental breakdown or psychological disorders. It is the chronic dieting or war with food that creates this starved mind problem. This starved mind makes it difficult to manage the mental and emotional challenges. And remember, we do this chronically out of our line of consciousness. So my sleep challenges were a consequence of this domino effect. I woke up in the middle of the night to realize that I needed to prioritize my meals. I needed to prioritize me. Do you see what's happening now? I woke up to ruminate anxiety and I couldn't see, blinded. At that point in the night, I was so upset that it was difficult to go back to sleep. I had to wait for a while. I tried to engage in some calming and relaxation exercise like box breathing and meditation, which finally helped. 
I was able to get back to sleep, albeit after about 90 minutes of trying, and uh, the wild thoughts did subside, but it took a while. By the way, I mentioned this a little while ago. These thoughts and feelings are amplified. You know why? Because it's dark, it's quiet, and there are no distractions. So you're going to ruminate these things really loud. It sucks. (laughs) But one of the most important things that I'm trying to say here is that that rhythm of eating is so connected to the rhythm of your sleep that the rhythms together are what really make up that homeostasis of your body. Right, It is that balance that your body plays with different systems, metabolism, energy, brain function, processing, so on and so forth. I often tell clients the rhythm of eating is what helps us be productive, creative, sharp, empathetic, and helpful to others. But breaking that rhythm will also affect our sleep, as I mentioned a little while ago. The domino effect of skipping lunch, snacks, and a late dinner that I fell into that day bled into the evening, and I slipped into that misery zone. My mind didn't have time or a chance to catch up to what was going on. There were too many distractions going on, but of course, this was so familiar that, again, it happened out of my consciousness. This is what I call a habit. We react instead of responding which means that we fall into old familiar behaviors and then out of nowhere, we snap at someone, cut corners, make mistakes. The domino effect of one mindless habit after another continues into the night. Over time, the rhythm is so erratic that our body has to make sacrifices. This chronic effect damages the vital homeostasis that keeps us healthy, as I mentioned earlier. For example, when we skip a meal, eat too little, survive on coffee instead of food, we create a form of stress on the body. Stress stimulates the HPA axis, the hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal axis. This, in turn, releases cortisol. Cortisol, as you know, is the stress hormone, and one of the things that it does is stimulates the liver as well as the muscles to release more glucose into the blood, which, in turn, causes the pancreas to start producing more insulin. Remember, this is happening outside the regular rhythm of the body because there is not enough food. Therefore, chronic stress overworks these organs and the tissues, which then can lead to insulin resistance, tears, and stresses of the blood vessel walls. So we're asking the pancreas to produce more insulin, which wears it out, and we're asking the blood vessel walls to vasodilate, which creates these little micro tears. And so we get these problems that develop slowly over time. So over time, the body starts developing cardiovascular complications and challenges. Our sleep is so vital to help us recover, recharge, rebuild our health and our energy stores. This is our healing process, our repair mechanism. Therefore, one thing leads to another. It's all interconnected. And we end up disrupting the sleep rhythm the rhythm that heals our bodies. So when I don't get a restful night's sleep, I get headaches the next day. I feel a strong desire to eat more, have a harder time concentrating. I'm more sensitive, easily irritated, and I revert back to the little boy of me, Davisito. (laughs) This is my comfort zone, my misery zone. It's not pretty. 
For others, their misery zone might be zoning out, disengaging with other people, not responding to emails, falling into depression or anxiety, or for some, it may be even worse. Some may revert to addictions like alcohol, drugs, smoking, sex, or even more severe reactions like intense hostility or violence. Our eating rhythm and circadian rhythms are so intricately connected. Ironically, it's hard to see that when we chronically deprive ourselves of these basic human needs, much of our humanity begins to crumble. As I record this, I start to wonder what many of you might be thinking. Man, he really gets deep into this stuff. I'd hate to be in his brain in the middle of the night. <laughs> if you are thinking that, I am too. <laughs> I do get deep. However, this is what I mean about rumination and future thinking. I'm not present with myself. Another word for this kind of thinking is anxiety, a form of stress. Funny thing is that this entire process happened in about five minutes in the middle of the night, but it was enough to create a strong emotional reaction that I couldn't go back to sleep. Okay, so the combination of a disrupted eating rhythm, a source of reliable energy, and a sleep rhythm, the source of recovery, prevents us from living a nourished and fulfilled life. So what can we do? This is what I like. Let's get into it. I hate to sound like a broken record, but yep, it starts by slowing down. Pay attention to those habits that keep us stuck in a rut. Think back to the previous episode. Write down the mindless habits in order to get a better sense of what's going on inside us. This is the way to interoceptive awareness to be aware of the physiological and emotional signs and signals that our bodies are sending. This way we can start to see how we create small interruptions into those old habits so that we can make the changes. Another way of saying it is creating friction. Again, think about the previous episode when I talked about friction and the change habit recipe. That small interruption is a subtle reminder to make that change. It's not about willpower, dedication, determination, or discipline. There's nothing wrong with those, but that's not what's really going to do it. It takes one small bite or interruption to get things started. It takes consistency to repeat the new habit so it becomes automatic. This is what I described in my previous episode. Okay, your turn. Take a moment to pay attention to your habits, write them down, and create that friction so that change happens now, hopefully with little effort. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how this turns out and what challenges or questions you have. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And hey, think about this. If this is something that you enjoyed, share it with two or three friends. The word of mouth is one of the best ways to help our show as well as help your friends and other people. By the way, if you're there, do me a favor, rate and review the show. That too helps me out a little bit. And so if you like what you're hearing, I'd love to hear from you as well. Feel free to email me, info at orozconutrition.com. And by the way, in 2024, pay attention, we have some new programs that are coming out and we'd like to share some of that information with you. So be the first to sign up for these deals and programs, scroll down to my website at orozconutrition.com so you can subscribe to our newsletter and don't miss the information when it comes out. You'll be the first to know. Okay, folks, just want to remind you, chop that diet mentality. 
fuel your body and nourish your soul. Until next time, ciao. Oh, yeah.